and welcome to episode 11, part two of A View from the Dugout with myself, Chris, from Surrey on the Budget. And tonight, I am finally joined by my co-host, a man who could easily be summed up in one quote from the film They Live with Roddy Piper. He came here to kick ass and chew bubblegum, and he is all out of bubblegum. It's Ross from Scotland, Surrey. Ross, how are you doing tonight? Not bad, but I'm not sure I could uh, I could even kick my own ass to be honest with you <laughs> after a week of COVID. So, well, yes, well, I mean, as as everybody will know, I'm in episode three. I had COVID and I soldiered on and I got through the podcast for for the the adoring listening public. Um, and obviously, the other night you pulled out. Um, I was going to make a joke there. <laughs> and um, was unable to record, but I'm glad to to hear your dulcet tones. Um, are you feeling any better? I it's uh, it just a wee bit of a, a weird one there. It kind of floored me like it did the very first time I had COVID, which was quite unusual. So that's been um, ten days out of commission. However, um, but all, all all things aside from from me and my health, uh, it allowed me to come up with lots of ideas for content. Um, I wasn't able to put anything into practice. The laptop wasn't on at all. Um, I was pretty much buried the whole time, but it allowed me to think about lots of ideas for content. And I actually was able to watch quite a, a fair bit of football, um, albeit from bed. Um, took in a couple of the Scotland under 21 games. Oh, now, um, now we should touch again. on those because we, we've, we've played pretty well at the under 21 level. If we were going to ignore the uh, the national team, <laughs> um, the under 21s um, at the weekend, oh, the weekend there, and then also last weekend, there's been some really good standout performances um, from some of the players, and it's uh, quite promising, hopefully, looking forward. Yeah, I think um, I watched obviously both games, and I think if we're being completely honest, the campaign overall hasn't been fantastic. And I think there's a lot of people probably expecting us to lose the last two games. Um, and obviously we've, we've not. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was, that was quite good. Managed to watch quite a bit of that. And um, just as I was starting to feel better yesterday, of course, good old Scotland came along and uh, ruined my day with their dismal defeat in Dublin. It was absolutely dreadful. Uh, one of the worst performances I've seen in quite a few years, I would say. Um, I would actually say it topped the Ukraine game last week, which, you know, you could maybe put, you could have put down to the occasion or whatever else. But, geez, oh, that was uh, rank rotten. <laughs> and um, it was, you know, I kind of made a joke saying, oh, yeah, it's a friendly, you know, it's a glorified friendly or whatever. But that was just a, a dismal performance. Big players, big, big players not showing up like John McGinn disastrous and I could have been pulled off after half an hour two glorious misses the, the second one of which Ireland went straight up the field and scored from and uh, defenders missing in action goalkeeper for once was abysmal as well Craig Gordon didn't cover himself in any glory whatsoever um, lost for the for the, from the corner completely lost yeah and Andy Robertson I, I struggle to think of an occasion he's turned up in a dark blue shirt um, for all his accolades at Liverpool and world's best uh, left back in, in quotation marks um, he's been quite frankly shite in a Scotland jersey um, I, I, it just is in my opinion he's getting a game on name merit only if uh, Tierney was available or anything like that I'd be playing those players um, I wouldn't. Uh, Robertson wouldn't be near the squad in midweek if I was picking it put it that way yeah it was um do you know what I think? 
I think this has been coming for a wee while, and obviously not a way to make this the, the the Scotland show by any means. But just had a, I had I did a wee bit of analytical digging on, um, you know, I've been a, a Steve Clark. I wasn't I wasn't a fan when he was appointed. I don't like his uh, demeanour. I don't think he's very sort of uh, media savvy. I don't I don't like the way he comes across. He doesn't inspire a nation when he's giving interviews, anything like that. You know, he's, he's doer than me, uh, which, which takes a fair bit of doing. However, um. I'm not a Scotland manager, so I don't have to be. Uh, yeah, you're Scotland's rare. You're Scotland's finest. Well, absolutely, there is that. There's probably better with me at the, uh, at the helm at the moment. But how do we look? And um, under Steve Clark's uh, stewardship, we've done what you would class as, I would say, okay at home. Okay, so we've won ten, lost three, and drawn four at home. So obviously, your your home ground normally your fortress, where you pick up the majority of your points. However, what I looked at in a little bit more depth was quite interesting. The games that we have won, you would expect us to win. So the teams we've beaten at home, San Marino, Kazakhstan, Cyprus, Armenia, Czech Republic B, given it was that team that was, was the COVID, quickly assembled. Yeah. The Pharaohs, Moldova, and Denmark, arguably B, because they'd already qualified. We did beat Israel as well, and Israel seemed to be a bit of a bogey team, but that's the games that we've won at home. Now, you know, you're looking at those nations and saying, "Well, is there easy? Is there easy games in you know international football?" Well, I would say I would say there are. You know, Moldova's ranked 180th in the FIFA rankings. You know, Armenia 92nd, Cyprus 105th. So, looking at that home record, yeah, okay, we've managed to get the wins, but not against any particularly impressive teams, in my opinion. And then I looked at the away. Now we've won six under Clark, drawn four and lost six. And out of those wins, you've got like a 1-0 scraping away from home win at Luxembourg. You know, world ranked 94th. We beat the Pharaohs 1-0. They're ranked 124th. We beat Moldova again. Um, we beat Cyprus again. These are teams that we should be rolling over. And, you know, with all due respect, we've, we've always been in this position with Scotland where... You know, we've 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 sat with Dennis Law and Kenny Dalglish as our record scorers for on thirty goals each for over thirty five years now, and we're looking and thinking, you know, why do we never have a striker that's coming to sort of prominence and things? But the reality is, is that we're not scoring four or five like you know England would, Germany would, Netherlands would, Portugal would. They put four, five, six past these teams. We're putting one or two past them. So, yeah, I think um, Steve Clark's record, when you have a wee look at it under a wee bit more scrutiny, certainly like what I have this week, um, it's nowhere near as impressive as I would say that actually he's portrayed in the media, where he's, you know, we've been eight, nine matches unbeaten, etc. But it's games, as I say, that pretty much most international teams would expect to win, you know? Yeah, the only thing I would counter that with is um, we weren't winning those games <laughs> beforehand. We weren't winning those games. And um, maybe that's just, you know, you could maybe argue that he's maybe taken us as far as he can. Um, but I would I would counter that again by saying, I th yesterday, okay, tactics, I mean, I, I don't understand why you changed the defenders who were solid the other day. You know, if you're looking at Serer terms, I think John Souter scored 100. <laughs> I think it's 77 uh, for his all around. Um, but Obviously, it's big name players are not turning up, you yeah. know. And yet, it's the end of their season. It's been a long, hard season. Blah 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 blah. Um, you're playing for your nation. 
you should be playing for pride. We didn't play for anything yesterday. We were, you know, Christian was at his his 2009's uh, team today, and I was watching them, and they're playing. They were playing better football than than Scotland did yesterday. Uh, just abysmal, just abysmal. Uh, but when you're big name players, you, you're looking to the boys that, you know, with the big names and big reputations. John McGinn's coasted it for the last four or five games. Completely coasted it. Now, don't get me wrong. He's still he's a great player. But if you're not turning up, then you have to go, right, okay, well, big managers make big decisions. And those big decisions are, John McGinn, I'm sorry, you're not playing well enough on the bench. Yeah, he's got one and eight. Yeah, and and, and put it in Ryan Christie. I don't like Ryan Christie as a player. Um, You know, I don't think he's, I don't think he's, he wasn't the answer yesterday. If you're going to play two up top or one behind, why aren't you giving some of the new guys the chance to go and grasp that instead of having a player like is it uh, Jacob Brown who had only, when they were talking about in the commentary the other day, he's had three caps up until yesterday in yeah. a total of 10 minutes of football. Fuck yeah. is that? I mean, that's that's nothing, you know? So it's, I think, you know, big decisions need to be made. And I, I, if I'm 100% honest, and I'm not just saying it because it's a card that I hold, I would be looking at changing a quite a few things on, you know, is it Wednesday night, I think it is, or Tuesday Yeah, night? we've got Armenia over there. Um, I'd be looking to get the likes of Robertson would be out, McGinn would be out, um, I would be going back to the three defenders that, you know, he had played, well, actually, I probably wouldn't because Jack Henry was abysmal as well, but you, you need to be making big changes, and I would even argue that he was that bad yesterday that Craig Gordon should be dropped as well. <laughs> yeah. um, he was awful, completely, completely awful. Um, it's, yeah, I, I've... It is what it is. I didn't even get angry at the TV yesterday. You know, like when I was watching the Ukraine game, I was getting wound up and frustrated at it. But I didn't get that annoyed at that one yesterday because I was just like, fuck, this is so bad. It's laughable. That, that yeah. You know, that's what This it is the worst, the worst Ireland team, arguably, in probably about 25 years, uh, maybe 20 years. But, you know, I'm looking at it as well and just, you know, I scribbled down a few things off the back of it and a couple of que- really, you know, obvious questions. You've had... You know, we've played Luxembourg, we've played the Faroes, we've played Moldova and we've played Armenia. And you hit the nail on the head there earlier. Why has Liam Kelly or Xander Clark not got a cap against any of them? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You've got to blood a keeper at some point. You know, Craig's 40 on his next birthday. Yeah. It looks, to me, it looks as though certainly John McLaughlin, Declan Gallagher, John Fleck, they look to be kind of jettisoned by Clark. And I just wonder, you know, James Forrest, Stephen O'Donnell, Greg Taylor now he's you know he's fallen down the pecking order with obviously Hickey coming in and could it be maybe I don't know could it be the end of the line for Hanley uh, I'm not sure I, I would yeah I, I think there's some of those players that you definitely mentioned I, my argument as well is if you're not playing regularly for your for your club yeah you can't be anywhere near the first team and for all the praise of Nathan Patterson when he was at Rangers he had only played what was it, a dozen games when he moved to Everton and he had what, one start under Lampard and he was hauled off at half time. I, I can't see how people could be clamouring for him to be in that squad. Now, obviously, Ralston was, I think, in the last couple of games, he's been the player with the pass marks. Um, so yeah. I don't think he's he's the only player there that I could probably say, right, well done, lad. The rest of you, what are you playing at? I mean, I, I, Shea Adams has been non-existent. Grant, he's not yeah. a lot of service, but he's been non-existent. He needs a London Dykes beside him. I don't care what anybody says about Lyndon Dykes, but um, but again, you know, that's what we were, we were both those players, neither of them are Scottish. You're looking at an Australian and a, an Englishman. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's, I think, that's the strikers. So 
I think from a Sarir perspective as well, what I'd like to see certainly would be some more minutes. You mentioned obviously Jacob Brown, and that's a really obvious one because he, he did he, he had a good season for um, for Stoke in the Championship. I think he mm-hmm. I think he ended up with eleven, and you know that's that's a not bad return for someone that's not playing out and out striker. Um, Ross Stewart again, he's now he's now had two caps in what the grand total of about nine minutes. Uh, but from a Sarir perspective, you've got like cards like Turnbull and Lewis Ferguson. Mm-hmm. These guys need minutes. They need to get on the pitch. Yeah. Um, Aaron Hickey, I'd like to see a little bit more of as well. W- one interesting one, just the final bit on the on the sort of Scotland national team for me would be, you know, I was I was reflecting on the Ryan Fraser scenario here because initially I looked and I thought toys out the pram and you know no commitment to the cause was kind of my initial thoughts and stuff. However, I went back and looked at Ryan Fraser. And you know what? It's no, it's no wonder Ryan Fraser's probably said, you know what I mean? Like, use me, play me, or just stop putting me in squads. He got 43 minutes at the Euros eh, over, over two games. So he got two cameos of like 20 minutes and 23 minutes. The seven squads in the Nations League before that, he got four games. Now, this is a boy that got a five-year contract at Newcastle that's arguably valued somewhere, what, 15 to 20 million quid. He had a couple of friendlies before that. And again, these are games that he was back from injury that you would look and go, right, okay, let's see if, let's see the best of Ryan Fraser because he's got pace. He's got the ability to beat a man. Yes, he's probably smaller than my 12-year-old daughter. But at the end of the day, you know, he, he does have skill. He's got technique. But he got 50 minutes in those two friendlies. And before that, I think I looked as well that the five or six games before that, he only got two games. So he's probably looking and going, I'm giving up all my time. I'm in squad after squad after squad. And he's not using me. Yeah, I can understand that. I can totally understand that. Eh? But it's, you know, I think I think time will tell. I, do you know what? Um, I think a lot of the knee-jerk reaction that was obviously online was for, was calling for Clark to go. Um, honestly, I think it might have been, it's not my favourite pundit, um, but Leanne Crichton, I think it was on Twitter, I've seen her posting up saying that, you know, obviously there have been absolutely abysmal performances in both those games, but, you know, having had our, one of our best qualifying campaigns for the World Cup in recent years, and then obviously going back to, you know, we actually made it to a, a championship, so you're He's probably bought himself some time or, or, you know, has earned the right to some time. But how much time is that? You know, but I, I'm i in the opposite camp. Uh, this is going to be one of the times we disagree. I think he, he does deserve that time. And um, we'll see. I do think we'll see. Um, obviously, we've got one more game. And then I don't think we've got any more spot till September time. Is it yeah. September? Give September. So here's, here's the scenario then. Okay. Because we're, you know, it's we're allowed to disagree, which is great. Um the unthinkable happens on Wednesday. And just like Ireland, we get beat 1-0 over there. Then that's... What's, what's the scenario for you? That's where, it, that's where it would change a little bit, doesn't it? Because it's... I mean, that's a game we are expected to go and win. Um, they've then got two games against Ukraine, but to, to be in with an opportunity of still topping the group and aiming to get the qualification, um, or to get the, the, play, the qualification to a playoff... Um, which is how we qualified for Euro 2020, don't forget. Uh, we have to be beating Armenia. If we get humiliated in Armenia, then that's that changes the ball game. As it stands right now, I'm not calling for him to go. I'm calling for him to get the time. 
But if he does lose on Wednesday night to, uh, you know, I, I mean, they were awful. I actually don't understand how Ireland lost other than perhaps, you know, the heat. Because, I mean, I know that, you know, some of these countries in this, in, in this time of the year, they are hitting, you know, quite midday heats and things like that when they play. Um, but they were they were abysmal. Uh, they were really bad. We should have put six or seven past them, going back to your point about us not scoring goals. We should have crushed them, um, and we didn't. We scored two goals. Um, so, yeah, I, I, that would that would change the game. But as it stands today, I'm, I'm more than happy to let them, you know, okay, get through this one, get the win on the, on the sheets, get your players away, get them away, get them their time to go and recover before the start of their season. Because let's not forget the Scottish season for most of the teams will start in three weeks' time because yeah. the, the League Cup will kick off at the beginning of, I don't know, it's about the 10th of July. So you're talking four weeks to that, but you've got the pre-season friendlies are coming up and everything like that. A lot of teams are back into pre-season training in the next week or so. So you're, how much of a break are some of these boys going to get? So, I, I mean, in, in the grander scheme of things for, you know, for our kind of Serer world to kind of bring it back around to there, there's not a huge amount of players in the Scotland squad that are in Serer. But you, they're going to have to go and get some recovery time, and you're probably going to want to look at those. I mean, obviously, Xander Clark dropped out of the squad so he could go and get married um, and things like that. So um, I don't know. People have to get a break at some point. You can't expect them to play 12 months and then crack on with another 12 months of football um, and, and be at a peak level. Um, and obviously, you've got players like Xander Clark who've still got futures to sort out. So Absolutely. I think, um, I think yeah, I mean, that's, that's where I'm at with it. Um, I, I think, yeah, it was abysmal. Um, Let's roll on to Wednesday. Let's get a couple two or three nil win, and then we can move on from there. Eh? And I think, to be honest, if if we see if we ended up drawing on Wednesday night, but he played five or six of the boys that have been sitting there, like say, you know, give a different goalkeeper a shot, play, uh, drop Andy Robertson, make some big decisions. Do you know what I mean? Don't just be right. Okay, lads, it was an aberration. On you go. No bollocks to that. You, you, they were absolutely awful. Carry on and you know, let's let's make some big decisions and, and change it up. If we lost, if we drew one one, but he's changed six or seven players in that lineup, I could probably just about justify that. But if we end up going there and losing, I think that that's that would, would well be game over. But again, who comes in and takes that poison jealous at that point? Eh? So that would be that. Probably Jack Ross, since everybody seems to want to get on there. Um, but yeah, so. We'll probably move on from our uh, our Scotland national team. Uh, we could probably talk a little bit of uh, Scottish news before we go on to reveal the uh, the limited team that we're going to be giving away. So, um, yeah, Scottish news. I kind of covered a wee bit on the solo podcast uh, on Thursday, um, but I don't know if you've had any opinions or any opportunity to really look at anything. Has anything stood out for you, Russ? Um, just the ones, the, the, the obvious ones that have kind of been pre-mentioned, obviously. Carter Vickers making his move um, to Celtic yeah, permanent was, as well, yeah. Yeah, was, was quite a quite a big one. There'll be a lot of um, happy SO5 holders, I would think. <laughs> um, because that, to be honest, that was a wee bit of a gamble. He could have, um, he could have ended up maybe at a, maybe, a, you know, an English championship club or maybe like a, a newly promoted, you know, like it's a Fulham or something like that. You yeah. know, he's London based. You know, that wouldn't have been beyond the, um, the realms of possibility. Um, Rocky Bashiri, you mentioned, uh, going permanent from Norwich City to Hibs. <laughs> Some weird goods on it, Hibs. I think I posted the that came out just after the pod actually, and I laughed because there was a few things have been happening at Hibs, and it's very odd. Um, they three days before Rocky Bashiri signed permanently for them 
they were thanking him for his services and sending him back to Norwich. But as it's transpired, he triggered uh, a clause from having played enough games that Hibs are a compulsory buy um, there to sign him. <laughs> so they've had to sign him. Um, and also Paul McGinn, um, last week he signed a new contract and his turned out to be a contract extension was triggered by appearances. So they've ended up signing two players that Lee Johnson doesn't actually want at the club. <laughs> so that'll be interesting. Um, he has kind of made some kind of backhanded compliments towards Bashiri and, you know, he'd be interested to see if he could develop into the, you know, into a player and develop into the tactics and things like that. So that'll be an interesting one. And they also signed, was it a Uganda, was it a Ugandan lad? Or is that no? It's United. Was, after, um, it was United after the Ugandan lads, I believe. They were said they signed an they signed an African striker. And Momadou Bojan from Rainbow FC, Gambia. There's Dubai over his age as well. <laughs> I think it's another one of these ones. I've seen various posts suggesting he's actually thirty, um, but he's signed as a twenty-year-old. So there's there's some interesting goings on there. Um, we'll see how we'll see how that transpires. Um, did you see Celtic being linked with uh, Vinicius Souza from? Well, actually, he was on loan, obviously, at Michelin um, this past season. Yeah, I seen I seen obviously that, and also the mention of Benji Segrist being being linked with them as well. Yeah. Um, there's quite yeah. a few there's quite a few things obviously doing the rounds at the moment. Celtic and Rangers obviously just to be honest, the way the Scottish press works, as you know, if if neither club is linked with a player on a day, it doesn't sell newspapers up here. Mm. Um, so you know your your sort of your red tops uh, newspapers. There's a story about somebody signing for one of these clubs pretty much every day. Yeah. Um, and you know, if you if you probably looked over the over the year at the amount of players that's probably been linked, there's probably about two hundred players a year linked with them, and there's probably you know eight signed. Yeah. So yeah, I think I don't think there was any others, uh, Chris. I don't think there was any other sort of substantial movement. Nothing, nothing that I've really seen um, and kind of stood out. Obviously, there was a couple of contract signings at United in terms of uh, Ian Hart signing his new deal, um, or reported to be signed in his new deal. I can't yeah. I don't know if the club have actually come out and said he has signed it. Um but also United's manager was linked to move away. Apparently there's clubs down south and he was also granted permission to speak to uh Rijeka in Croatia and apparently they thought they were going to be getting him for free and United are like no 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 <laughs> he's under contract to us we're expecting a compensation fee but um, they don't have two halfpennies to rub together uh, which means two half pennies for our English listeners um, <laughs> they, uh, they don't have two halfpennies to rub together um, so yeah it's been an interesting one but I think now that the transfer window is officially open I think we'll start to see a bit more movement um, with some of these players, you know, actually uh, making moves. And obviously people are on summer holidays. I'm seeing a lot of players that I've been tracking. Um, you see them popping up on uh, on Twitter and things like that on holiday. You know, uh, it's, so it's, it'll be one of those just to see where, where things uh, where things go from there. If we just quickly touch on um, Serena itself, obviously you've not been near it much this week. Um the, there was a couple of changes. I think you probably, I think you you text me about one of them before I'd seen it, and that was obviously that they changed the hundred prizes in the casual league, giving a bit more utility for people who aren't actually wanting to put money in. Yeah, they can go and play there, but also it helps some of the lower users just to get a, a foothold. You know, if they get lucky enough to get, you know, like I got that Lewis Morgan in a tier two, and it was worth like 50, 60 quid. So you could get lucky into that and get a really good card sell it, being able to buy a goalkeeper and then pull the team together. So 
I think that's quite a good thing. And obviously the tier two MLS referrals has been extended for another 5,000. I had my question marks over the, um, you know, how valid all the referrals that would have come in actually are. I'd be interested to see the data of how many of them have actually since closed or transferred all their players out. Um, I think that would be quite interesting to see that data. And I don't know, this might be one that you might have missed as well, Russ. When they announced that, Nicholas had shared it. Now, back in episode one, we talked about this. And he had mentioned on the Joe Pomp podcast and in that community update that there was 1.5 million registered users. Now, in the post the other day when that went up, he mentioned now, and there was an argument about it, people were calling him out on it, that there was now 1.8 million uh, uh, registered users on the on the platform. And again, again, there's been a bit of dubiety about that, and people are maybe saying, you know, looking at red flags or anything like that. But 300,000 new signups um, in that 10-week period. Um, I don't know how how likely I see that to be, but um, they're the guys with the data. We are the ones that are speculating, you know, so that's it's two completely different things. But it was an interesting thing to read again, that, that sort of a figure coming out. And when we talked about the churn and the actual number of playing managers, there's nowhere near that level on there. So um, I don't know if you had any opinion on that or if, if it's just like, well, what's changed? So Yeah, just, just briefly, really, um, I did see it and I seen the, uh sort of messages on Twitter going back and forward in relation to the 1.8 million. Um, my, my question again is just, well, what are they doing on the platform? Because they aren't buying cards. They're not entering the leagues. Yeah. Um, they're not entering the casual league. Um, that, that starts to, you know, it raises so many questions on, you know, does the consumer find the product attractive? Does the consumer uh, con- uh, is the consumer confused by the product? Yeah, um, can see that. You know, there's there's so many questions that kind of come with that. If there are genuinely 1.8 million registered, I'm guessing that's email accounts. I'm guessing that's not people that have actually signed up and deposited or put you know money in via like yeah, RAM. It, it can't be deposited players because yeah. you would see much more activity on that but then again i mean that would coincide with them launching the baseball and there was the register part on there so yeah. does that also tie in with that you know if you've registered your interest for that because i mean i clicked on it to say i was interested um is that counting as a duplicate or am i still the same person on there so you know that could be there could be not you know manipulation of the accounts as such but just in terms of overlap Overlap, exactly. Yeah. So um, that could be some of that. But also those 300,000, I mean, America's got two, what, over 250 million, 300 million people there. So that would only be like a, a percent that have maybe registered yeah. to say that I'm interested, actually 0.1 of a percent that are interested in, you know, registering to find out more about the baseball. So that could all tie into there. Uh, you know, that was just something that's literally just popped into my head there. But that could easily be something like that there. Um, yeah, but- and you're right. It could be the, the crossover of the sports because at the end of the day, the link is currently on the Surreal platform as we know it. Yeah. You know, it's not a standalone, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, that that could be where the numbers are coming from. Um, and then it's obviously up to each individual whether the class that is sort of valid in relation to Surreal football users. Yeah. Um, yeah. For me, it doesn't, it doesn't, I'll just be honest, it doesn't compute and it doesn't make sense and it's not got the effect. Um, if there was a huge influx of numbers, I think we would see a more uh, a more sort of liquid rare market 
Mm-hmm. I know that the limiteds are relatively liquid at the moment, based on forum and based on obviously the leagues that are running at the moment. But yeah, I just I'm not I'm not seeing it personally at the moment. But fingers crossed it comes. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I just been touching on the leagues that are running. It was something I talked about. I don't know if you you had an opportunity to listen, but um, I touched on a bit a lot about about forward planning and looking at you know because obviously I'd made I've made a wee bit off of the Brazilians and Argentine players that I'd been. You know, I looked at what was on during the international break and I didn't want to go and buy international players that I didn't know were going to be in the squads or, you know, are going to be because sometimes they weren't showing and things like that. So I looked Brazil are weekend, midweek, weekend, midweek, weekend, midweek. So I did a little bit of forward planning and picked up various players from those. I don't intend on holding them long term, but maybe some of the Brazilians, because of that midweek utility, it just gives a wee bit extra to, you know, look over. But when I was talking about forward planning, you know, I was looking at, you know, even looking ahead and, uh, you know, cut out the bag. I've I've not got any ETH left. I've spent my ETH. <laughs> but cut out the bag and looking ahead, game week 281, for example, which I believe is next midweek, not the midweek coming, but the following one, um, that actually only has the K-League. The K-League's the only league running that one. So if you were going to forward plan to try and get a team together, look at picking up four outfield players and bang them in underdog or bang them in specialists, you know, that sort of thing to see about trying to win a prize and think, you know, uh, and also to make some money back off them because I bought various Argentine players and sold most of them because their league hadn't started yet. So I was buying them and selling them. So it's it's worth having a wee look at those kind of things. I mean, have you done any kind of, obviously not this week, but in, you know, have you, have you any tips on forward planning or really just... The K-League scenario been? happened last year. I remember it. Um, remembered it in June. Um, and I, I remember buying, uh, I think... Off the top of my head, Ryu J. Moon was one of the players that I bought. And I remember, I think it was Park Chu Sung, I think was the other one. I remember, you know, the K-League market is one that I'm just going to be as honest as I can be. I, I, I know some of the players there. I reckon I could probably name maybe 30, 40, maybe 50 players off the top of my head. But I don't know much about the league. I don't know the strength of the teams. Uh, I don't profess to know an awful lot or the sort of the historic about the league. And it's one that doesn't really interest me in relation to Serie whether it's, you know, transfers and profit, etc. It doesn't really interest me. So my, um, my, my sort of planning and sort of continuation has been, like what I've said, I'm trying to remain consistent with what I'm saying on the pod so that if there are people that are building alongside either of us or both of us, that it remains relatively consistent. So again, I'm still st- uh, trying to strengthen the Americas lineups, and I'm feeling pretty well prepared um, for the, the return of the European seasons. Mm-hmm. I think we mentioned probably, hopefully, maybe episode twelve or thirteen. We'll look at, um, we'll maybe look at some sort of European young ones to watch, just from our own experiences and some of the players that we've maybe bought and sold, and maybe reluctantly sold. I think, yeah mentioned that just about I think that was one of the questions about yeah, yeah. In the mailbag about players that you regret selling it was it was that's something I'm, I'll, I'll, we could touch on that um uh, you know probably actually we'll probably touch on that before we do the the, the team reveal shall we we'll just keep people yeah we'll just quickly do it and that. then we'll do the team reveal in the next yeah. five minutes so right let's have a wee look I'll just bring up the mailbag questions and it, it was from I'm sure it was from James R was the question so let me get on to the podcast twitter uh, you some some of you that follow the uh, the uh, podcast Twitter, which you all should be doing at AVFTD Pod, is a view from the dugout. It's the initials. It's not hard, um, but um, I often I'm flicking between the two. It's quite often you might see a post that's clearly 
from me. Um, <laughs> meant to be from a Syria on a budget account, but I posted from the uh, the podcast one. I go, oh, fuck, and I have to quickly delete it and <laughs> copy and paste it and put it over the right one. So it yeah, it was. It? Oh, it's happened a couple of times. One of the times I just left it. It was nothing inflammatory. I didn't uh, slate anybody or say somebody was sketchy, so it was all right. Um, so uh, yeah, it was. It was from James R, and it was um, what carved purchase or sale do you regret the most? I thought that might be an interesting one to touch on, just for. You know, is there anybody you can think of? I did uh, mention one um, for the second part of the question. Um, I answered that for you. So, um, but this part of it, is there any that you, you know, regret purchasing or selling? Um, purchases, yeah. I've, I've made a number of purchases that haven't worked out or that have ended up injured. Remember, I had the keeper fiasco at the start with um, Luke Coop Miners, uh, David Jensen yeah. uh, was the goalkeeper. So I went through four, and all four of them amazingly lost the shirt. Uh, Coop Miners, David Jensen, Premislav Titan, and I think the original one was Danny Vukovic. Oh, so those, you can say you regret purchasing them, but at the time I purchased them, they were all the number ones. So it's like, it's like what do you do? Yeah. Um, I probably, I've got a few, I would say realistically, I've probably got three main sale regrets now although carlos solar is my favorite player on the platform as you well know um i don't regret selling him when i did because as i say i bought him for 137 pounds and i sold him for 1370 pounds so that you know you can't argue with that and he allowed me at that point to build a very strong um it was a russian challenger team mm-hmm. um that basically won me a few cards last sort of august to september but three cards that I do definitely regret selling. Um, Albin Lafont, so I held him as a goalkeeper, and now he is sitting, I think he's thousands. He's probably, you know, I thought I sold him at quite a good price for a couple of grand, and I think he's significantly more than that now. Um, I do regret selling him. I also slightly regret selling Safanov, the Russian under-23 goalkeeper. Mm-hmm. Again, a double money. And I thought it was a good time to cash out. And I used the money wisely. But in hindsight, um, yeah, I probably probably should have held on to him a little bit longer. And the final one's actually one that I've recently um, sold. I recently sold Julian um, Carranza. Um, so he's obviously playing in the MLS and he's starting uh, regularly at the moment. Now, he seems a little bit of a hothead. He's had a couple of yellow cards and he got he's missed a couple of games via suspension. Um Again, he was another one, bought him for about, oh, I think it was about £170 and sold him for about eight 900 However, I really have found that my under-23 strike force um, has, you know, it's, it's been suffering without him. I've got a couple of young guys at Nashville and things, etc. But do you know what, they're just, I'm, I'm, I'm instantly losing 40, 50 points. So, yeah, that would be the, the most obvious ones that spring to the head at the moment. It's funny because um, the second part of that question, you've already answered. Now, my answer to that one was I don't genuinely have any regrets about purchases or sales because I don't look back at it because if I didn't do something at that point, I don't get to where I am now. That's actually a life lesson that I've had to learn quite the hard way. Um, and it was actually after I came out of a really bad relationship. And it was, you know, just talking on a t- the life kind of point of view. But I've also thought, you know, if I didn't go through some of the really shit times that I did, I don't get to where I am now. And being able, you know, and it's, it's you've kind of got to put those things into perspective. So looking back at it, I think the one that I found hardest to sell was Yamato Machida. 
uh, was one of the hardest ones I found to sell because he'd been doing so well for me. But if I don't sell him, I you know I, I come on you know I don't get to where my account is. The other one I mentioned, my reward for signing up when I signed up with you was Fabian de Kaiser. Now obviously yeah. he's now a number one, um, and we sell excuse me for about 0. 0.7, uh, which was over a thousand pounds the other day. <laughs> And then, um, but I traded him for about 70 quid. And, um, but I can't regret that because if I'd have held that one card for that length of time, yeah, we'd have went from 70 quid to a thousand pounds. But then I can't make that 70 quid to turn into a hundred, to turn into 150, to turn into 200, to turn into 400 and so yeah. on. And I've made, I've made a multiple of what he would have ended up being. Um, so yeah, it'd be great to have an under 23 playing goalkeeper now, but it's, you know, you, but in my head, I just, I, you have to compartmentalize it and just be like, well, look, it's in the rear view. The windscreen's much bigger than the rear view mirror. So that's where you have to look through. And, you know, that's where, you know, that's where you're going to. So the other part of it um, was, and this is one I answered for you, Russ, and you've already answered that there in that, that summary. And it was, um, apart from uh, players from your own teams that you support, do you hold any cards on sentiment? And I answered that already. It was Carlos Soler. I knew that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'd said I'm that. I'm very uh, fond of um, <laughs> Ivan, Ivan Ordetz was my, my first real prize. And at that point, was, um, yeah. obviously, he was still playing for um, Dynamo. Obviously, he's mm. Ukrainian, so that, that's not happening at the moment. And he was a genuine sort of £500 defender, which was a great prize to get. Um, I'm kind of still keeping an eye on Ivan Ordets to find out where he goes. He's maybe moved in the last week, but up until then he hadn't. Um, but Ivan Ordets, obviously very fond of. And Remy Cabela, while he was in the Russian League, was a, I was a big fan of as well. Apart from that, most of the most of the Dundee United players, um, I've actually got quite, I've actually got quite high hopes, and I'm actually building a. This is from a strategic point of view. I've decided that my Challenger Pro team, um, so not my Challenger Rare, but my Challenger Pro team will be predominantly Dundee United along with the super rare Declan Gallagher. Interesting. So I've put together a team, just, I think, you know, it's going to be one of those scenarios that, you know, it's probably going to be one, one in four that there'll be, you know, super high green scores for that team as such. But I'm looking and I've got Ryan Edwards, obviously United captain. I've got Liam Smith there as a defender, as an option. Um, obviously, I can't play all three of them along with Declan Gallagher, but more than likely, I think I'm going to play Declan Gallagher. I've got um, quite a few uh, challenger goalkeepers that are playing, so that's fine. So I'll have a playing goalkeeper, Declan Gallagher, super, uh, super rare. Ian Harks. Um, I've got the Nicky Clark, super rare. Yeah. So that gives me my two blues, and then basically it'll just be a, de a decision on you know who, who else to put in or whatever, or using Liam Smith as a backup or whatever as well. But yeah, I'm planning to do that as a bit of a strategy. Just again, we, yeah, I know that we've kind of touched on it in previous episodes, just so that when I'm watching the team and I'm actually watching them live at Tannadice, and then all of a sudden you know Nicky Clark goes and scores, and then it's you know it's oh Ian Hart's just the assist. You know, I'm looking yeah. and checking my team as well as jumping up like a lunatic in front of my children. Do you know what I mean? So even, uh, that's 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 a thought process around that. It's even worse when it's the opposition team that have scored and you're like, oh, at least it was Alan Forrest that scored. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's um, yeah, it's one of those. But no, I, I, I agree. I think maybe on Thursday, what uh, you know, on the, this week's coming podcast, episode 12, we'll maybe look a little bit at what we're thinking as our starting lineup, maybe. I don't know yep. if that might be something nice to touch on there. And um, I've got a couple in, in mind for Challenger and for 
all-star. And I'm looking forward to the Rares coming back, but I've been really enjoying the Limiteds. But <clears throat> yeah, so what I'll do is we will transition into the prize giveaway, shall we, Russ? Um, Absolutely. Yeah, so what we're going to be doing, folks, as you will be aware from previous episodes, and I've obviously had a fair bit of... Uh, <clears throat> I've had a fair bit of contact about it, and I'm sure you have as well, with people interested in what it was. We ran a poll. Um, we were debating whether it should be a current team that you could go and play right now, or given that we are the Scottish guys, <laughs> in inverted commas again, um, we, should we run uh, an SPFL team? So we put it to a poll and the majority, 63%, I think it was, voted for a Scottish team, so an SPFL side. So we've went and picked out uh, five players. Um, I've got my three sat in the gallery now, ready to, ready to send on to the winner. There will be a Twitter post that will go up on Thursday morning alongside the podcast uh, when it launches on episode 12, uh, which will launch on Thursday morning, as usual, seven o'clock, wherever you get your podcasts. Or if you've got this particular podcast, <laughs> it'll be there. And there will be uh, instructions on how to enter. We'll come to that in a little minute. But before we do that, let's roll out the team. So, um, Russ, I believe you were in charge of the goalkeeper. I am providing Let's the goalkeeper. Go He's already in the gallery, so it's safely Excellent. and secured and ready for transition. I'm going to go with Xander Clark. It's unsure 100% where he is going. Um, I've said from I've said from the I think podcast four. Um, I'm pretty confident it's Dundee United that he'll be that will be at. However, um, there's a I suppose an outside chance uh, that it could be St Johnston, and if not, there are other Scottish teams as we know looking for goalkeepers. Yeah. Um, worst case scenario, he maybe doesn't end up staying in Scotland. I would think it would be a sort of domestic British-based move. I can't see it really being any lower than the English Championship level, given his sort of international aspirations. Yeah. So Xander Clark is the limited goalkeeper for the prize giveaway team. Excellent. And he is one that I think we, we've both talked about quite a lot. I've got him in the gallery as well in Limited. Um, the, I mean, the, the teams in England, for example, that he's been linked with was Middlesbrough. So you're talking a big team. Do you know what I mean? You're not talking... A Port Vale, no offence to any Port Vale fans, but you're not talking about it being a non-scoring league. Um, so that's a card. And let's, you know, let's not pull any any punches on it. We're not doing some of the giveaways that you see where people are giving away shit cards that aren't going to play or might be, a, you know, an occasional starter. All five of these players that we're going to be giving away are starters at their clubs or potentially at new clubs. Um, and it's... It's some expense that this is, um, you know, it's money that we could probably both do with, but we're because of the, you know, the support we've had from the podcast, we're wanting to give away good quality players. Um, and as much as that pains me to say, when I talk about good quality players, the defender that I've chosen to enter into the, into the contest is one that I've got in rare, I've got them in limited, and now I'm giving them away in limited. And that's the Dundee United captain, uh, Ryan Edwards. Um, I mentioned it back on the launch podcast for the SPFL episode four. Um, you can go back, it's in the archives, and you'll see that there. Um, I mentioned Ryan Edwards every time I'd seen him, he'd impressed, and I was surprised that his scores had been as low as they had been. Well, those scores flipped on top of their head. I think he's on our last five of, I think it might be 56. Um, and he's one that um, I've 
every time I've seen him, I've been impressed with him. Um, I, you know, that might be against the old firm because that's all we ever get to see on Sky. Um, or when I've seen him playing against my team. Um, he's always been a standout as far as I've been concerned. So that is the defender that I'm giving away. And it's one, as I say, that I entirely endorse and I'm back myself because, as I say, I've got him in rare and I've got him in limited. And he's going to be in a starting lineup in either the All-Star or my challenger. So that is pick number two for the limited team, Russ. Okay, so we've got Xander Clark of Club to be confirmed and Ryan Edwards of Dundee United. Yep. Uh, solid starting two picks. I'll give you pick number three and then I'll let you do number four and five. Okay. So pick number three for me, uh, it's another Saint, but this time it's from St Mirren and it's Greg Kilty, the winger. So still at a decent age, uh, in contract, um, pretty solid performer, green scores mainly. Um, being honest, he's not a guy that scores sort of 80, 90 points too often, but thankfully he also doesn't, you know, very rarely scores sub 40. So it's a solid pick that should sort of give that 45, 50 points every week starting base. Uh, and, he, you know, he's a, he's a regular selected player. So Greg Kilty for me. Good shout. I just picked him up in rare. He actually just appeared in my gallery in rare just the other day. Um, so no, that's uh, that's a solid one that I would uh, I would wholeheartedly endorse as I've put my money where my mouth is on that one. So the uh, midfielder that I've chosen, um, and it's one that I've wanted in rare since day one, and just haven't been able to afford in rare, and that's Jason Holt of Livingston. Um, now he's in contract talks with them, but he's also been linked to both Edinburgh clubs as well. So um, he's won last five um, is in the fifties and last 15 is also in the fifties. Uh, so that was, that, that's who I've picked as the midfielder. Again, it's a card that I own myself and I will be using, uh, and I used them in the lineups in the run-up to the end of the Scottish season from launch. So that's, um, that's the midfielder, Jason Holt. And, Going this going on to the midfielders, as I can see, Russ is taking a drink because obviously his voice is going at this point in the podcast. Um, the forward that I've went with is Hearts striker Liam Boyce. Again, one that I mentioned back on the, the launch podcast. At the moment, he's Hearts' only striking option, really. The Ella Sims had gone back to Everton. I want to say it was Everton, yep. And he has... Um, He's basically been priced out of a move back there as far as I could see. And they've obviously been linked with uh, Lauren Shankland and things like that, but they play two forwards. One's the number nine and one will be the 10 behind them. It's going to, that's how they're going to play. It's how Robbie Nielsen plays. It's just his style. So uh, Robbie Nielsen being the Hearts manager. So um, if you go on Sphere Data and you do a search for the last 40 and you count anything under 50 quid, you will see that Liam Boyce stands there at the top of the chart. The other one that's up there is uh, Callum Hendry of St. Johnston, and he's on his way to Fleetwood. So obviously I'm not going to give you a card that's not going to play. So we've went with uh, Liam Boyce as the striker. Again, a card that I own in my gallery as well and limited. I actually tried to get him the other day, but he was too much that I just didn't have the speed. I didn't have the ETH for him in rare. So that's, that's the team guys. It's, um, it's five starters. Um, it would be a lineup that I would more than happily put in uh, on day one of the season. More than happily put in on day one of the season. And the good thing is, the, the players that we've got, yes, they're high-scoring players. You could probably fit into specialists, maybe, if you picked up a, 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 one that's maybe under 40. You could probably fit them in specialist. You could fit them in all-star. You could fit them in a challenger. It's going to give you plenty of scope to be able to enter those players into a team. Now, 
combined, obviously, with ETH dropping so much, is <laughs> a, a wee bit difficult to probably price it at the moment. Um, but it's a team worth three figures, I would say. Um, and especially when the season comes around and, you know, we hit July and people are picking up cards, uh, you know, you probably won't even get the goalkeeper for the price of what the team's valued at just now. So that would be, uh, I, you know, as I say, team I would enter, Russ, I, I assume you would enter it as well. More than more than happy with it. Um, what I think would be really quite interesting, actually, is um, maybe for the winner um, to actually play that team as a set team and to let us know what they win with it. Because I'm pretty confident mm-hmm. if that's entered into certainly an all-star limited where you're looking at, you know, 900 cards, sometimes a, a bit more, 1,200 cards, once the full European season's back, um, I genuinely believe that that, you know, that team has got anything between sort of 230 and maybe 310, maybe a little bit more on a really good day. Um, but yeah, if Boyce, if, you know, if Boyce was to score and Edwards is to get as decisive, you could be looking at maybe 170 between the two of them alone. And then you add sheet. another 100, 130, 140 if yeah. Clark has a, a clean sheet, for example. I genuinely believe that that team will score more than 250 points more often than it scores less. Yeah, so... Um, that would, be, that would be nice for the, the lucky winner to keep us posted. If they can keep that team together and let us know what they win with it, that would be brilliant. Yeah, so we're going to put up some graphics to, to, to illustrate what team that is um, and is going to be um, in in for, for sale. Uh, not for sale, sorry, for, for the giveaway. And um, what we're going to be looking to do is it's going to be a Twitter post, as I say, going up on Thursday morning. Now, there's going to be a point on episode 12 where Russ and I say something along the lines of get your screenshots now. And we're going to be saying that because we want it to be a listener that wins this prize. It's not just going to be a, oh, retweet this and that's it. We want it to be a listener because we want to reward the listeners. And the way that we're going to do that is when you're listening to the podcast and you hear Russ and I say, get your screenshot now, screenshot it, post that onto Twitter along with your, you know, entering the competition, basically. And that's how you're going to enter. We will be looking for duplicate, uh, you know, where people, somebody's stolen somebody's image and put it on or whatever else. But we will... um, we will be doing a fair bit of digging when, when the uh, when the prize is launched. Uh, so there will be a post going up. And if if anybody's unfamiliar, if you're more listening to it on your mobile phone, you'll have a way of screenshotting. It's it's on all mobile phones these days. If you're listening to it on the PC, you can or on or Mac, I guess whatever. Um, screen print, post uh, print. You know, copy it, put it into Paint save it, put it on the Twitter post. It's going to be that simple. Um, but we want it to be a listener that wins. Um, we don't want it to be somebody that's just found a post and has just liked and shared it for the sake of it and ends up winning. We want to reward the people that have supported us since day one of this podcast and before it, and obviously looking forward into the future. And I think that's the safest way to you know to, to get a listener to win it, Russ. I, don't, I, th- I think that's probably the way we, we discussed and we think that's probably the fairest way to do it. I think I think so. Um, absolutely perfect works for me. Uh, let us see your battery battery power on your phones, <laughs> your battery strengths, and what time it is. Um, that could be a de- that could have been a decider. You know, if we were doing this, like a score, it had to be one nil or something like that, and uh, it would be your battery power that decided. It could be yeah. <laughs> the but highest the, battery uh, power wins. The, uh, the final thing from me before I go off and die uh, from COVID is I've actually 
Just a couple of texts on the phone. Two very angry Port Vale fans at you. So Phil Taylor, so. Phil Taylor's not happy with you. Um, says the next time he sees you, he's going to give you it in the bullseye. And uh, Robbie Williams is also not very happy at you, apparently. So these are just alleged texts. Um, I'm not going to share them on social media, but um, just so you know, two, two Port Vale fans. Well, let, let me just put it this way. If Phil Taylor wanted to, to, if he wanted some, he can come and get some, right? He's an old man now. He's lost a fair bit of weight. Um, he's not the power of old. And to be fair, the price of power these days, I don't reckon he's getting to here. So number two, Williams hasn't entertained me for many a year. So when he starts singing, let me entertain you, I'm going to say, Williams, come on, son. It's 2022. Can it? That's it. I mean, I'm fine for that. Bring it. Bring it. Absolutely bring it. If he wants a Twitter war, he's going to get a Twitter one. He's got to go to Middlesbrough and get a result. No, that's a different thing altogether. That's a different anyway. guy. That's a different guy. <laughs> on that note. On that note, let's sign off for tonight. Um, guys, we'll be back on Thursday as usual. This was a makeup uh podcast episode. So um I appreciate Russ being a wee trooper. Um, you know, getting through this, you know, to be Disney princess, he's made it through. And um we'll get on and uh, we will be back on Thursday as normal, and that will be where you start to get your screenshots and get your entries in to win that limited team. Until then, speak to you guys. Take care.